welcome to Quality Christian Living. It's a podcast designed to help us live a quality Christian life, live an overcoming life. Through this teaching, we bring to you various topics. Today's topic is on faith. Matter of fact, the title of today's topic is, What is Faith to You? This is podcast number 189, and I am your host, David Friend. Before we get into today's lesson, I want to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Heavenly Father, I come to you now needing your divine touch. I invite the Holy Spirit to come in and take control of this podcast because I know if your spirit is in control, then those who are listening in will receive something that they need. I don't know everything that people need when they tune into this podcast every week, but Lord, you do. And so I ask the Holy Spirit to move into the hearts and the minds of those who are listening in. I pray that you would bless them. I pray that this teaching would help them to understand what your word says about faith and that they'll get a better understanding in their own life of what faith is to them. I pray for your anointing and your blessing, and I'll be careful now to give you all the glory and all the praise for it in advance. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In dealing with this title, What is Faith to You? I've got a few thoughts I'm going to make. I'm going to ask you some questions, and we'll just see how the Lord leads us. You know, God has a plan for us to have faith. He wants us to know where faith comes from and that Jesus is our source for faith. So what does the word faith mean to you? I want you to think about that as we go through today's podcast. What is something that's on your heart and your mind about faith? Do you wish you had more? Do you feel comfortable that your faith is strong? Do you have a better understanding of how you can have more faith to deal with the issues that you faith in life? Whatever it might be, I pray that God will bless you. Now, when someone speaks about faith, are you intimidated or interested? Do you have fear or anxiety about your faith? Or does the word faith bring a feeling of expectation or an anticipation of something great about to happen? Now, as a pastor for over 20 years, I have been blessed to speak on the topic of faith quite often. In my congregation, there were many individuals who would get excited when I announced that I would be speaking about faith and miracles. Now, often after a sermon, I would be asked to speak more about faith. Those people made those requests were usually people of prayer. That request usually came from people who loved to pray and wanted more faith or greater faith. However, the members who were challenged to have faith would seldom request more messages on faith. There are several reasons why some Christians pursue faith, and others are not comfortable with the topic. So here are a few examples. People who pray want and need more faith. They desire it because they want their prayers to be more effective. They believe in the scripture that says, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous one availeth much. Now, those who do not pray have less interest in hearing about faith because they question it. They don't understand it. They're not sure why. It seems that sometimes their prayers are answered and other times their prayers are not. Whenever it might be, people have a reason why they either are drawn to messages on faith or they run from messages on faith. Those who have experienced answers to prayer want to better understand faith and why certain prayers are more successful than others. Now, it's important we think about that for just a moment here because it's not necessarily how you pray, but it's the faith that you have. It reminds me of little children. You see, when I see a little kid in church, maybe they're six or seven years old, and they'll say something like, Pastor, would you pray for my mama? She's sick. Or for my daddy? He's not doing well or he's upset about things. And they'll ask for prayer and I'll say, well, then why don't we just pray together and you pray what you want. 
because the words that come out of their mouth are words of faith and power. You see, little children, when they pray, they just believe it's going to happen. They just automatically think in their hearts and in their minds. There's no doubt in their thoughts. They just know and believe that God is God and they're going to be blessed. And so I believe when the Bible talks that we should come to the Lord as little children, I think there's a lot of power in that because many times children are the ones who are people of great faith. Now, getting back to my reasoning as to what is faith for you and also why some people enjoy it and why some people kind of stay away from messages or lessons on faith. Those who pray a lot and have had answers, they want better faith. They understand what faith is to a certain point, but they want more of it. While those whose prayers have not been answered to their satisfaction, they feel that God does not hear their prayers or that he's not interested. You know, that simply is just not true. God is interested because I believe God hears our prayers and he is interested in anything that we are interested in. Even if our interests are not good, he's still interested because he wants to help us find a way to think right and to pray right and to have the proper faith and to learn how to serve him right. You see, God loves us and he wants us to prosper in all things and be in good health even as our soul prospers. God is love and his love for us is so real that he gave his only begotten son to die for us that we could have a relationship with him in eternity. You see, God wants us to have faith in him and in his word. See, the Bible tells us a lot about faith. There's a lot of examples of scriptures I'm going to use today. But before we get into that, let me give you a couple quotes of people who say what they think faith is. Tozer was a great man of God who was a great writer and a teacher of God's word. He says this about faith. At the root of the Christian lies belief in the invisible. The object of the Christian's faith is unseen reality. Think about that. It's unseen reality. So therefore, something that's not seen, we have to believe through faith that it's real. That's why the Bible tells us that faith is the substance and the evidence of things that we've not seen and the things that we can't touch. Basically, it's what it's saying. So therefore, what a great quote that is. Here's another one. St. Augustine wrote these words. What is faith unless it is to believe what we do not see? Another wonderful definition of what faith is. C.S. Lewis wrote this. True faith is never found alone. It is accompanied by expectation. Boy, I hope when you pray, there's an expectation, an anticipation, an excitement, an energy that's built up inside of you that when you're praying, you just know God's going to send the answer. God's going to meet your prayer and God's going to give you the faith that you need to believe. An unknown author said this about faith. Faith is not worrying. Boy, that's pretty short and basic, but it's powerful and that it truly is the truth about what faith really is. So now let's get into the Bible and look at a couple of scriptures that'll help us understand what is faith. In James chapter 4 and verse 8 in the New Living Translation, it says this, come near to God and God will come close to you. Now that tells us that God wants us to draw near to him and we've got to have faith to do that. And if we draw close to God, then we'll start receiving the faith that he's placed in us and it will increase and it will grow and it will prosper. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, it has some very strong words about faith. Now listen carefully to this. It's a very powerful statement about faith. It's found in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 in the New Living Translation. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists 
and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. What a wonderful statement that is about faith. That's what faith is. It's someone who trusts God, who believes in God, and who knows that God exists and know that God rewards those who sincerely seek him. So we've got an understanding there, and that scripture will help us understand what faith really is. Let's move on now to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number one and see what it says about faith. Once again, it's in the New Living Translation. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Verse number two. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. You see, he was facing the cross, but even in facing the cross, he had the faith to believe. And he knew what was going to happen because he was God, obviously. But while he was on earth, he was also man. He bled like men do. He was beaten like men get beaten. He was persecuted like men get persecuted. Jesus came to earth so he could live the life and experience what man experiences here on earth. And through all that, he taught about faith. And he told us so much about what we needed to do to have great faith. And this scripture is so important because it tells us that we're surrounded by so many people. Let me give you another translation that'll help you understand maybe what this particular scripture has to say about what is faith. I'm going to read now in the Living Bible. It's one that I used to use years ago when I first became a Christian. I now use the New Living Translation, but this is a great example of what faith is. I find it now in the Living Bible, chapter 12 and verse number one. Since we have such a huge crowd of men of faith watching us from the grandstands, let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back, and especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up, and let us run with patience the particular race that God has set before us. You see, faith is running the race and believing that you're going to win. You know, when I was a young man, I used to go out for track. I was a short little kid, real pudgy kid. So track wasn't necessarily going to be my my game, my sport. But I'd go out anyways, and I'd go out there to see if I could make the team. And I'd get on the line, and I'd start running. And this little chubby kid, that was me, would be running down the field, and everybody went past me. I mean, everybody went across the finishing line before I did. But one thing I knew I was going to do, and I, I knew that I was going to finish the race. Regardless if I came in last place or next to last, whatever it was, I was going to finish the race because I had faith to believe that I could beat these guys. Now, I never did, but that didn't matter. Just because I was never going to win that race didn't mean that I didn't have faith to believe it. As a little boy, I used to play baseball a lot. Once again, I was this little kid, this little chubby kid, and not what you'd call a powerful home run hitter in baseball, but I always had a dream and always had faith that one day I would hit a home run. And the fact that I had faith that I would hit one is what made me go to bat every time it was time for my time to go to bat. And my dad knew I wasn't going to be a power hitter because I wasn't a very big kid, but he also knew that I could become a good baseball player. So he taught me how to run the race, meaning how to get up there and and hit the ball just hard enough so I could get on base. That's called a single. When you hit the ball just enough, you get to first base. And then he taught me that maybe I could put it the ball in a certain place and hit it and maybe get to second base. But one day I remember getting up there and I stood there to swing the bat and I thought, boy, I'm going to hit a home run. And I would swing the bat and that thing exploded off my bat, went over top of the fielder, over his head, way out in left field. And I was standing there amazed at how far I hit the ball. And everybody's screaming at me, run, 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 run the race. They're saying, 
saying, run. And so I took off running. I went around first base, around second base. Then I ran into the shortstop in the middle of second and third base and I fell over. But I got up and I got to third base. Now everybody was yelling at me, stop, stop. You're not going to make it home because the ball was coming back. But I decided, no, I'm going to run the race. I'm going to win that. I'm going to, I'm going to, by faith, hit my home run. Well, as I ran into home plate, I slid and the guy caught the ball before I got there and I was placed out. I never did get my home run. And all the years I played baseball and Little League and all that stuff, what they call Pee Wee League, the little kids, I never did get my home run. But I was never robbed of my faith to believe that I could hit one. That's what faith is. Even if the answer to prayer doesn't happen. You still have faith to believe. You still have trust in God and you believe that all things are possible with God and we got to have faith to believe. So what faith is to me as a little boy was to never give up. And I believe that's what faith needs to be for all of us when we're praying and when we're seeking God because we are surrounded by so big a crowd, so huge a crowd of witnesses. They're watching and seeing what's going to happen and we're going to show them that we're not going to give up on our faith. Now, a little earlier in this podcast, I gave you a list of some quotes and I gave credit to those who made the quote in order to show you that there's a lot of people out there that have an understanding of what faith is or at least what they believe faith is. But And that's all well and good. But to me in this podcast, the most important question I have is, what do you think faith is. What is it to you? How do you define faith? I hope even now you're putting together a thought in your mind that'll help you define what faith really is. Now let me give you a few statements about what I believe that faith is. It's God's promise to his followers. He made a lot of promises in his word and God is true to his promises. So if you read the promises of God, that should build your faith. I believe faith is believing in the promises of God, whether those promises have come into your life or not, whether they've arrived or not, or whether you're still waiting on those promises to come. Don't give up and have faith to believe that. That's what faith is. I also believe that faith is an inward touch from God. And I believe that our faith comes from God, that Jesus is our source of faith, that he is the one who provides faith to us and he perfects our faith, which means he makes it better because he's working inside of us. So faith is an inward touch from God. Faith is what impacts our confidence in things that we cannot see. There's a statement that I believe so much in. I've taught about it in podcasts. I've written a book on it. The book that I've written is entitled Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. And it's based upon a premise of faith. It's basically the teachings that the Apostle Paul had when he said that we should call forth those things that are not as though that they are. It's found in the book of Romans, verse 4 and 17. What a powerful scripture it is and one that I'll refer to from time to time in this teaching on podcasts because I don't know how I can possibly teach about what faith is without calling forth those things that are not as though that they are. You see, faith is a substance. It's evidence of what's going to happen for things that we can't see. Now, by faith, we may walk in a dark room. By faith, we trust in someone we marry. We trust them before we really know them that well. Oh, I know. You talk to them. We all talk. We get to know our potential spouse. I know my wife and I dated for a year and three months and we talked about everything. We discussed everything. But I really don't think I got to know her as well as I, as I of course, know her now after 50-some years of marriage. But it took probably two or three years after we were married for me to understand certain things. I'm a guy. She's a woman. Thank the Lord for that. But I found out that we just don't think alike. Oh, we 
talked about a lot of things. And those of you young women or those who are out there dating right now, I'm going to tell you something. The way that person is acting today is their best behavior. And if they're not acting well to you today, it's only going to get worse. So, so we can have faith by having trust in someone that we plan to marry, but we need to talk out those things and make sure we understand it so that our trust has a foundation. By faith, we get into an airplane that will fly over the ocean. Now, in a few months, my wife and I are going to go to Hawaii. Haven't been there in a number of years, but we're going to fly to Hawaii. And by faith, we get on the plane. Now, I'll pray and say, Father, I plead the blood of Jesus over my wife and I that we'll be protected from any evil, any danger, and any harm. This flight will be safe. The pilot will do well. He'll be strong and healthy, and you'll get us to our destination safely. And I pray about that, but I still have to have faith to get into that airplane and trust it to fly over that water, over that ocean. By faith, we can turn a light switch on, and we expect it to light up a room. By faith, we sit in a chair. I'm sitting in a chair right now, and by faith, I believe it's going to hold me up. So faith happens in our life on so many things that we're not even thinking of. By faith, we go to sleep and expect to wake up. At least that's my plan every night when I go to bed. Now I realize that these are examples of faith that apply to everyday living. But I believe having faith in our daily life And the activities that we have can help us have faith in spiritual and physical issues. All right, faith is having patience. We read about that in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 36 and 39. Let me read that to you. I'm reading in the New King James, that's Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. That scripture requires faith and it also requires patience because faith has patience. Verse 39 says this, but we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. So faith requires faithfulness. We are called the faithful ones because we have our faith and our trust in God. Christians are known as people of faith and therefore we've got to prove that by having patience and waiting on God and trusting God to meet our requests and meet our needs and to increase our faith to believe. Now you can't you can't preach on or teach on faith without getting into Hebrews chapter 11, which is so crucial. See, Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the Hall of Faith and it follows verse 39 that talked about we are like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are faithful ones whose souls will be saved. And then Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 and I'm going to read a couple of verses in there. Verse 1 says, Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. What reputation did they earn? That they were people of faith, that they trusted God, that they believed in God, that all their confidence and all their hope was in God the Father. And then verse 3, let's see 11.3. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. See, the earth that we live on, you couldn't even imagine what it would have been like before it was created. But God was going to bring it into existence because that's what he does. That's his ability to bring something that's dead into life. That's why I believe so much on calling forth those things that are not as though they are. God called the earth when it was without form. He called something that wasn't into something that is and that we live on it right now. In addition to that, we can read Hebrews chapter, let's see, 11 and verse 11. Let's listen to this one. 
on faith. It was by faith that Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was barren and was too old, she believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one who was as good as dead, a nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there's no way to count them. She had faith to call forth things that were not as though that they were. It's a powerful lesson to learn and one I believe is crucial to teaching on faith and what is faith. Now, let me give you here a comment that I didn't really want to talk much about and that is in order to define faith, we should also address what faith is not. And I'll make this part real quick. I don't want it to give I don't want to give you a bunch of scriptures on what faith is not because it's so easy to see a lack of faith. We can we can have that come into our life well, too easy. But here are a couple that I think will help us to avoid a lack of faith. It's found in John chapter 20 and verse 29. Here's an example of Jesus talking about what faith is not. He said this in John chapter 20 verse 29 in the New Living Translation. You believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. You see, we've got to avoid needing to have proof, absolute proof that God is going to bless us. And we lack faith many times because we've got to see it before it happens. And that's not going to allow us to have faith to believe. There's a wonderful story in the book of John, uh, chapter number 9 and verse number 23. It's really a story of uh, Jesus heals a demon-possessed boy. And so, Jesus asked a question, how long has this been happening? How long has this boy been having this? And the, 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 it says the little boy has been having this problem. He's obviously trying to kill himself. And so we just want you to bless us if you can. And then Jesus responded to the boy's father who said, the boy's father said, if you can, you know, he basically hoped that Jesus could, but he didn't have the faith to believe. And Jesus said, what do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. And the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. You see, we've got to get rid of unbelief. We've got to get rid of doubt and fear and anxiety and those things that rob us of having faith and those things that are not of faith. So let's be done with that part of this because I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on the things that, that faith is not. Let's get back to a list of what the Bible says that faith is. Faith is in God's plan for us. Faith is reading and believing God's word. Faith is perseverance. Faith is God's nature. Faith is taking that first step in life towards believing and having trust in God. Faith is believing that the steps of man are led by God. Faith is believing that God will take us from glory to glory. You see, God designed faith in us to grow and prosper. In our walk with God, he has set up plans to build up our faith. Let me give you a couple scriptures as we get ready to close this podcast. Psalm 46.1, one of my absolute favorites, says here, this shows you that God's trying to build up our faith. It says here in Psalm 46, verse 1, New Living Translation, God is our refuge and strength always ready to help in times of trouble. And then Matthew 6.33, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added unto you. God is trying to build our faith to let us know what faith is. And then in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4, I'm reading in the New Living Translation, But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the Spirit who lives in you is greater than the Spirit who lives in the world. Once again, God's building our faith. He's giving us guidance and direction on how we can see our faith increase as we grow grow closer to Him. Scripture also says that 
If you draw close to God, he'll draw close to us. I'm telling you, God's got a plan for us to understand what faith is. And I hope that this teaching is helping you develop an understanding of what faith really is in your life. And that maybe as we draw close to the end of this particular podcast, you'll develop inside of you an understanding of what faith really is. So let me close this podcast with a step of faith that my wife and I had to take to to leave our successful business and go into full-time ministry where we basically were not even going to get paid at front and start literally from scratch with no congregation at all. We had a business that was going great, but I was, my wife and I were on vacation sitting over on the beach in California. I read a little book that I just thought would be an interesting, a short, quick read. And it was a, the life of a Smith Wigglesworth, an amazing man of God, an evangelist. And he, it's a lesson that he gave that talked about that he was a plumber. And at 48 years of age, he left the plumbing business and went into full-time ministry and became this incredible evangelist and wonderful man of God, a man of faith, a man of trusting God, and a miracle ministry head of healings and miracles took place. Well, I read that and he was 48. Well, just at the same time, I was 48. And after reading that book, that night at dinner, I told my wife, while I read that book, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me, and I believe we need to get rid of our business and sell it, and we need to go into full-time ministry. We need to cut off all of our income streams and just let them go. We just cannot continue to build that because we've got to give 100% of our time to the work of the Lord. Well, we prayed. My wife was so excited about it. The story's a little longer, but I don't want to get into that. We prayed about it. Things went very well, and I went to talk to my current pastor, and I says, it's time for me to go into full-time ministry. I believe it. He looked at me and he says, well, it's about time. He said, I knew the hand of God was on you and that you were called into ministry. And so with that, we had to take a step of faith. And so I shut the business down. We sold out all of our assets at cost, didn't make hardly any money at all. We had very little money in the bank. Our income stream was removed and gone and taken. We went into ministry full time. The first year we worked for free. And the next year, the church wanted to give us a small salary. So they gave us a very small salary to just get us by. And my wife and I adjusted our lifestyle to the small salary that the church was paying us. We first gave our tithe and God blessed that. And in a matter of just a couple of years, I was directed to start a new church. Our pastor came to me and said, I found a location for your church. A man wants to donate some funds to help you get started. And so we went into full-time ministry. We didn't have any steady income. We didn't have any source of income. We owned some property, but you couldn't sell it. It was out in the desert. So we didn't have any backup, so to speak, other than the fact that we had God's word, we had his blessing, and we knew that we had been called to take a step of faith. Well, we went into ministry, and in a very short period of time, the church just exploded and grew, and it went from a small little church meeting in little hotel conference rooms where we could only put 30 people to within a year. We had a beautiful building that we had 15,000 square feet of space. We signed a lease, which was another step of faith. We agreed to pay $20,000 a month for five years. I signed it, and we didn't have much of a congregation. Our income in the church was only maybe two or $3,000 a month at the time, but God blessed it within a matter of 30 days after getting that lease signed and moving into the building, our our congregation grew to 250 people the first week, 400 the second week, 500 the third week. And within six to eight months, we were running close to a thousand people. God blessed it, but it took a step of faith. Now, I I sometimes regret it when I give personal references of things that have happened in my life, but I do that in order to help some of you who are seeking God in making a decision. You need to pray about it. You need to believe about it. And couples, you need to be both in agreement 
I would not have gone into ministry had my wife not been agreeable to it, and we both prayed about it, and we became 100% committed to take this step of faith. God has blessed it, and the church grew at one time to over 2,000 people attending, and we wound up building a beautiful facility up in North Scottsdale that was about a 30,000 square foot facility. It cost like $8 million to build the facility and was valued at over $12 million when we were finished. Now, I don't say that to boast. I just tell you that where God saw that he could work with people, but we had to step out in faith. God put the opportunity there. We felt called to ministry. The Holy Spirit called us into it. We stepped out in faith and God blessed it. And so now that I'm retired from the church, we still attend the church. We still are very active in the church. And I thank God for the connection that we have with the church that he built. It was his program. He made it happen. And we give all the glory and all the honor and all the credit to God. So I hope now this has been a lesson that'll help you get a better understanding of your faith and what you believe in and what your faith really is like. And I hope that now you can answer that question, what is faith to you? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity. I pray you would bless it and that you would help those who've listened in, that they would receive something special from this podcast today. And I'll give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, thank you for listening in. If you'd like to get more information on quality Christian living, you can go to my webpage, davidcfriendauthor.com. And when you get on that webpage, you'll see a link to the 189 messages that we are podcasts that we've done over the last year and a half. In addition to that, you can go to the list of books that I've written there, topics on finance, topics on prosperity, topics on generosity, topics on being filled with the Holy Spirit and operating in the gifts of the Spirit, and just a plethora of topics that I hope will bless you. If you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do that by going to cpn shows.com or wherever you get your podcasts. So with that, I pray that God will bless you. And I'm just going to close with these words of encouragement to you. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So until next time, may God richly bless you. Our next podcast will continue to be on faith. I don't have the exact title yet, but we will continue to talk about faith and how we can get it and how it can grow and why little faith is good, great faith is good, but regardless of either one, God will bless your faith. So I pray that your faith will increase and you'll have a confidence to believe that you can pray for anything and that all things are possible with our God. Now may your faith grow and may you prosper and be blessed in all that you do. So thank you so much for listening in. I look forward to seeing you next podcast. God bless you.